Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast. I'm Nick Mercer. And I'm Erin Gilfo. Before starting the interview with Ashley and Amy, we'd like to thank our sponsor, HeadCheck Health. Concussion Talk Podcast is presented by HeadCheck Health. HeadCheck Health bridges the gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. To our organizations like the Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on HeadCheck Health to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadCheckHealth.com for more. Well, thank you, uh, Ashley and Amy, for joining and I on this call. And uh, Ashley, you were on Concussion Chats, the McGill Concussion Support Group. The That's right. Did episode 22 we did. And... Uh, Sorry, and I already talked about your your actual your 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 story, but I would like to hear the end from the hear the end just for, for our listeners, and also just uh, I would like to hear about all about your communication with your sister, your identical your identical twin sister. I should, say, I should right. and uh, and actually, and you're uh, which I'll touch on later. Also, you mentioned that you were working, you worked, you're working for the town of Kitchener or Waterloo or, or something like that. And you were, yeah, I was working in city Kitchener. City Council and uh, city, the city, city government. And uh, you're working on the concussion protocol for that. And I was wondering, I'll ask you later about how that, how your concussion changed your perspective on that. And if I'll ask that, first of all, just like to, again, thank you all for being here and uh, and get you to just, Tell everybody, introduce yourselves and tell everybody your story again quickly, your story, how you're going to have a haircut happen. Sure. Well, thanks for having me and having us on it. Um, we chatted about this quite a bit because we only know life as identical twins. So it'll be interesting to hear perspective on what we have to say, if it's the norm or if it is unique, because we obviously don't know the difference. Yeah. But I'm... Ashley and three years ago, um, so I was 34, I guess, 
So three years ago, um, in November of 2018, I went to dodgeball and it was a 10 o'clock p.m. p.m. and a couple of weeks leading up to it, I kept thinking how it was winter and cold and I didn't want to go and why did I sign up for it? But I know I always feel good once I'm actually there. So I dragged my butt down the road and went to dodgeball and in the second game, um, I was hit blindsided and I was hit in the left temple by a dodgeball by a guy on the opposite team. Now this guy was throwing headshots for the entire game and we warned him a few times because it was self-wrecking. Um, and I just, I didn't see the ball coming. I was focused on the other side of the court. It hit me in the left temple. I didn't fall down, but I definitely saw stars and there was little buzzing going on in my head. I walked off the court and I went into the change room to have some quiet because I'm not I'm used to being an athlete all my life, and being is also an athlete. We're used to just sh shaking off pain, and you just continue on. But so that's what I went to the team room to do. I shook my head a few times, hoping it would clear, and it only felt worse. The room went upside down on me. The place was spinning. So I ended up just sitting out with the hope that I could jump in the game in a little bit once this stopped. Well, it never stopped. So from there, I managed to make drive home. Luckily, it was the school that was just a block away. So I was able to safely drive and navigate home. And when I got home, um, I had told Amy what had happened. And I had an ice pack on my neck because my neck was sore. And from there, I was just going to kind of like decompress from everything and then go to bed. And when it wasn't until a little bit on that Amy voiced and said, I think you have a concussion, which I found amusing because being a sport development coordinator, my life was about minor sports and helping bring awareness to the boards and the importance of having protocol in place. And I didn't recognize the symptoms for myself. Amy noticed that my eyes were glazed over, my eyes were red shot. I wasn't really focusing or coming to and she can share that part of her experience um, in a little bit. So that kind of resonated with me and made me realize what happened. So I ended up going to a doctor's clinic. He confirmed it and told me to go to physio. So I did that. And I uh, throughout November and into middle of December, I successfully passed the walk for 15 minutes and the return to sport protocol that is known where you don't have symptoms and you can walk and you um, can do the different training and feel okay. So next thing you know, he said, yeah, go ahead to volleyball, go play. And I tried and the gym lights were so bright. I was dizzy and the people and the noise and the movement, I couldn't focus. And I ended up just sitting off to the side because anytime I went to look up at the ball and to set it, the room would spin. And so I just walked off and eventually just stopped going. And that's when I looked for a new doctor. And luckily, my doctor referred me to an amazing doctor um, in Kitchener-Waterloo, Dr. Bader at the Sports Armory Clinic. And he changed my life. He's a sports medicine doctor and he helped walk me through things. I had to stop playing sport. And I went through all of the healing aspects where I had to do acupuncture and physio. And I couldn't understand why I kept heavily breathing between my words and that's when I learned that uh, my nervous system was still stuck in that fight response 
and I had to see a breathing specialist to reteach myself and my diaphragm how to breathe normally without panting, um, which I think goes unseen a lot. And I thought it was just normal because I forgot how I used to breathe because it was just the new normal. Um, so fast forward through all the different therapies between vision therapy and um, acupuncture and physio and chiro and the breathing specialist. And then you take a bunch of herbs and you change your diet, all trying to rebalance your nervous system. And after two years, the constant headaches slowed down, um, the dizziness slowed down, the fatigue is still lingering. Um, and it was some days it's just hard to get out of bed. And now that I'm into my third year, so come November of this year, I'll be starting year four. Um, I still have ongoing cognitive issues. And some of the biggest challenges I've had is word recall. And in the beginning, I would say I couldn't finish my sentence. I knew what I wanted to say up in my head, but I couldn't get the words out. So I would start half the sentence and then I would stop because it just wasn't coming. Um, or I would say the wrong word. Like I wanted to say hanger and I would say umbrella. Like it was so random and so strange. Yeah. And with all of that, um, we worked through it. She helped me quite a bit. My dogs also helped. Um, and during this journey, I had to, we're all told about the importance of mindset and meditation and putting down devices and sitting in silence and kind of grounding yourself but we don't actually do it we find excuses why we shouldn't do it because life is too busy or you get distracted by the phone or you get distracted by um chores and to-do lists and the one thing i've found through this journey is that it forced me to slow down it forced me to look and it forced me to try these new lifestyle pieces and it sucks because it does work like yeah. sitting in silence and um grounding yourself when you have those symptoms starting and even as we're on this call being on a computer and talking one-on-one -on -one with people or with a group of people i always have to look away into the distance and focus on something else so yeah. that one my speech will work and i can get the words out but then it also helps decrease the oncoming system because I can feel it start and it's like a little um, hood where I can feel this little shield that starts creeping up from the back of my neck and coming up over my head into my forehead and that's kind of how I can gauge what's going on with my symptoms because the most challenging part I've found in my journey is that I feel fine while I'm doing the activity and it's not until I stop and within a few minutes or a couple minutes it's just slams you as if you hit a wall yeah. um, with those symptoms right and yeah. it's been a struggle because doctors just say well don't do that but how do you know what's going to affect you if you don't have the exactly. signals during right yeah um, so it's a lot of self-awareness and being open to it but then you also have to be open to hearing it and i'm very happy and lucky that i had amy because she became my everything and we are both very independent strong career-driven women who do our own thing um we're very close but i still have my independence and all of a sudden my independence was taken away from me 
And I went from being the one who did the cooking and looking after my two dogs and working and dealing with my own bills and finances and everything to needing her to do everything. And all of a sudden she became the caretaker of not only just me, she had to learn how to take care of my dogs. She had to help with the bills and I had to let her get into my bank account and to help manage those things because all of a sudden I couldn't. And nobody wants to do that. Even if you have a spouse, a partner, a husband, a wife, whatever, um, there's just some things where you just like to have that own control. It's not even the privacy, it's just the control. Um, And having to let that go is really tough. But she made it easy for me for the most part. And she did a really good job learning how to cook and doing good meals. Um, The other benefit was that she was able to correct me because if I was living by myself, even if, even today, I'll try to do too many tasks in a day thinking I can. And like, I'm happy if I get one task done. If I get two, I'm ecstatic. But I still think that I can do four or five, six things. And she'll check me and be like, well, if we're going to the grocery store later, that's the thing you're doing today. So you can't do any of this stuff. Yeah. And she's kind of been forced into that parent role, which caused a few fights and frustrations in the beginning. Um, even to this day, we have moments where I'm just so freaking stubborn and headstrong because I feel so much better. Um, but I still struggle with those aspects. Whenever you're in a grocery store navigating it, I went from not knowing how to navigate the grocery store. I lost the ability to think that you go from produce down to bread to me in the outside, then you go on the inside, according to your list so that you can get in and out. All of a sudden, I was shopping from the left side of the store to the far right side of the store and then the back again because I forgot something. And you add in the lights and the noise and the busyness of visually seeing people in your way. And then the heartbreak when you go to get an item from the shelf and it's not there and it's supposed to be. And then I would freeze. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't, I would zone out. And I didn't know I was in that moment. And like, I probably was standing there what felt like 10 20 minutes and it was probably only a few seconds but Amy would know to come and get me and snap me out of it and be like it's okay if it's not here you can get it another time because I was so tunnel focused on that one item that it ruined everything else like I couldn't it just it distracted me so much I couldn't get out of it without her help um I probably looked like such a crazy weirdo in the store and I'm happy, sorry. But we, we quickly learned, Amy. Um, quick, I quickly learned. Sorry, I can't hear it. Can you can hear it? Um, I quickly learned um, that I can't go off and do my own groceries. Like we'd both travel together to the grocery store. She yes. would do her stuff, I would do my own, and then we'd meet up at the till and leave. Like after the first time I realized I can't do that, I have to help her out. Yeah. Um, so I'd be shopping and I'd cut cycle back to where she should be and I would see her stuck staring like blindly into a shelf or at a corner and just not doing anything not moving people trying to get in and around she wouldn't even notice that there's people beside her that are waiting to get into the same section and so you'd have to snap her out but it's not just like it's okay let's go yeah I would have to distract her with what's next on her list so then she would try to get her to forget about that specific thing and that zoning out piece wasn't just with groceries. We, I started recognizing it with everything she does. She can get very focused and adamant and strong-headed that, no, this needs to get done. So it was, how can I distract her or get her to understand without 
getting in a fight or ruining a relationship over it or thinking I'm trying to take advantage or control her life when it comes to like her working out and she's not supposed to or we want to go for a drive but whatever like little it was just random little things cooking like I want to make this meal we're supposed to make this meal but we can't because we don't have the one ingredient because it was on the store and trying to pivot right so it kind of (laughs) yeah so that part was interesting and it, it just showed like where it went across the whole board of life and also the very little things that everybody takes advantage of in their everyday because it's just second nature habit like you don't even think about it then all of a sudden all these little things we're thinking about how I'm driving so it doesn't affect her on the way to do the task of the groceries because if I drive normally which I think is fine um, <laughs> but if it's too fast or if there's too many people on this specific road so is finding a back way route that has less people, less cars, less traffic, less bikes. So there's less stimuli coming this way yeah. to get to that store or to that doctor's appointment. So then, and then knowing after a doctor's appointment, she's done. And so I need to take her time and do the speed limit and drive carefully. So the car doesn't jiggle, make sure there's no external noises. Cause all of a sudden she had super hearing and she could hear every little thing and diagnose like there's something wrong with my car engine or something like that. So it just, it was interesting. And that was a big learning curve for yeah. both of us, I think. I can't really hear, can't really hear you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Driving was I, so, 
Driving was one of the biggest things we've had tiffs over. That's it. Um, because she is a good driver, but I found when the the visual stimulus coming at me because you don't realize how much movement there is when you're driving when you're able-bodied and you don't have a concussion. Yeah. You don't realize that the pavement's moving, the trees are moving at a different speed, the other car coming at you is at a different speed. Yeah. And I lost the ability to tell um, the, I don't know the word, the depth or like. Yeah, depth perception. Yeah, the depth perception's off. So like coming to a stop sign, I expect to feel like almost a kilometer away, the brakes on and you slowly yeah. coast to a stop, whereas it felt like she was just going. I'm in brakes, yeah short stop and it's not right and one of the things I forgot to mention was that my personality changed and I don't know if it's common with concussions but I went from being able to control my rage or anger when little things happen and be able to process to just being always so wound up so stressed so angry and so in a rage I didn't know it was happening until the day my oldest dog he was like 12 or 13 love of my life did something and i had the vision of me wanting to kick him yeah. and i'm not i would never do that to an animal and that shook me to my core and i just looked at I remember looking at amy and being like i just had this thought something is clearly wrong and that's when amy looked at me and said yes because she had to find a way to stay calm and looking back, I don't even know how she as a sister, let alone friend and my caregiver, was able to stay so calm and um, understanding and supportive through it when there was days when I wasn't very nice to her. And there was things I would say because it's easy to scream and yell at somebody you love that you have full trust in um, than it is to a parent or a friend or somebody else. And she took a lot of heat and anger that wasn't directed at her per se it was just in the room sure. but she always happened to be in the room yeah and i'm so grateful that she was able to find that ability to just be understanding and calm about it because i mean she could have walked away so many times right yeah and she didn't so i should i sorry Aaron, i don't want to interrupt you if you have questions but uh and so when did when did you when this is going way back to the beginning of her story when she came back from the dodgeball the dodgeball game when did you when do you sense that she when she arrived or you were you first of all I guess were you home when she got back from the dodgeball game or were you in living there at the same time at then or where is it how quickly did you realize that she was concussed or there's not necessarily concussed but there's something off yeah it was. When she came back that night, so she was playing in a league. I wasn't playing in it. I don't, I've never liked dodgeball, personally. Um, she came back that night, and I just asked her how the game was. And she started telling me about what happened and how she saw stars and started rhyming off a few things. And she looked a little off, especially her eyes. Um, so I just said, I, like, it sounds like you're, you have a concussion. Like, you probably have a concussion. And she's like, oh, no, no, it's just a hit. Like, I just took a hit. And I was like, hmm. So then um, ended up being the next morning where she still, I think she still had a headache and was mm -hmm. still dizzy and just off. Um, that that was where it was like, yeah, I think something's wrong. So like, 
Do you feel Let's like your do you feel like the communication communication between you two changed during when she as she was I guess uh, just in Peru now, but I mean when it was before as it was before before say the Monday night at like I don't know towards Monday during the morning compared to like that night that evening when she got back. Is there a different communication between you two between you two or they interpreted? Um, I think so but I didn't really recognize it in the moment. Um, but looking back, she's always been a very, very well-spoken um, and able to talk and do multiple things, but also have a conversation with you. And the next day it was, it was slower, um, the conversation, but I was also working at the same time. So um, I just felt like there was something off and it was more of like a feeling without, really knowing the conversation. And then later on, it started to become show more that I had to be more patient with her and try to think of my own words and how I speak to her and talk in full sentences. Cause one of the things being twins is we assume the other already knows what you're talking about yeah, and you can speak in short form or not say the whole story, which is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but when someone has a, with her injury, she, I can't just randomly start talking, assuming she knows what I'm saying anymore. I had to actually talk as if she was some stranger that I'm telling a story to, giving the backstory and trying to speak concisely through it, and also slow. I'm a really fast speaker, and even more so when I'm with close family or friends. Yeah. So trying to slow myself down and then giving her time to process and take it in. Um, so that was an adjustment at the start and that was she didn't know it was that there was anything wrong I wasn't sure if there's anything wrong and then here we both are trying to figure out this new dynamic together and so there would be some frustration some cross wires about what we we're both talking about um, but then we slowly figured out what worked and what didn't and she was always good about pointing out I need this from you and so it's just a matter of trying to listen to what she needs and finding a way on how to actually deliver it and give it to her. Right. Okay. No, I th Angie, I thought you had a, I could, we should have a sake a signal. So I know when you want to ask a question, when I want to ask a question, but we haven't done that yet. So I'll just, Mr. Aaron, I still didn't say I'll just, I'll just ask another question. But uh, yeah. Aaron says, okay, it's good. okay great. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I guess so, so. Do you work? Do you work also in the city, with the city, for the city government, for the city government, as Ashley does, or is that my? I city? was. No. Yeah, I was working outside at a private firm that, oh. that was an hour away. So but I was also in, in, in recreational. You did a recreational. Rec, recreational. I did. I did recreation before, and then I was working in landscape architecture. Okay, and Ashley, Currently. you did. You were doing. You did recreation of that or. I was recreation facility management. Okay. So, so did you say you mentioned in the uh, other actually did mention the first in the concussion chats talk that you were uh, you were working on a protocol for a concussion at the time, or is was there? Do you have anything written down for that, or was there anything you could look back at? You go back, go like, wait a second, what was I thinking? This is not how it is, and they should really focus on this and we should focus on this aspect of it or I tell you that. I 
thought it was ironic that I was in the process of working on it. And so my role was so diverse with so many aspects in it that I kept finding reasons to push it off, um, completing this process. And I would help my 40 whatever sport groups with it, but I wasn't getting it done. And it's when I got hurt and I realized the importance of it because you think you know what a concussion is and the severity and the symptoms and how life-changing it is, but until you actually experience it, whether you're the caregiver assisting the person and you're living with them or you're the individual that got hurt, I did not, I have not successfully returned to work um, and I've since been I've since left the city um, because I failed return to work twice in the contract and whatnot with the way benefits are set up. So after two and a half years, I was let go. Um, But I know the first couple months, I found the first six to eight months really tough to not work and not to have it in my mind. So I was constantly trying to connect with my manager at the time because we had a really good relationship and I would give him suggestions or feedback and say, how important it is to get the protocol done and that it needs to become a priority because it is life-changing and the sport groups and the sport boards deserve to have this piece in place so that they can find support through it and a lot of like um, some of the sport groups that are higher functioning had some excellent resources and the other piece they kept trying to explain as I went through my therapies was how different everyone's concussion is and trying to explain how one test might seem like you're okay. Cause like I were, I like, I personally passed that return to play protocol, but I was still severely damaged. I should not have been showing up to volleyball in December. And luckily I had the fortitude to realize that someone was wrong and stopped but it made me realize how many other youth are in these activities and even professional athletes these days pass the same standard protocol, but they might still be having issues. And everyone wants to get one wants to feel normal again and get back to their sport, but at what risk? And I think that's one of the pieces I'm most passionate about is if every concussion is different and there's no standard um, symptoms or expectations of a concussion, how can we keep using the same one standard protocol to identify whether you should return to play or not? I feel guided and I've tried to get that through to my boss who's also experienced concussions firsthand that we need to expand the policy and procedure from just the black and white of it. And we need to let the individuals to have that opportunity to witness the gray and share the gray and try to allow the athlete to understand that their health is their priority and trying to encourage them to voice the honest truth behind how they're feeling regardless of what the standard says right right and uh... and i know they've since worked on it i haven't seen it i haven't been involved since i've been focused on my own journey so i don't know where it stands Oh. Um, 
but it's definitely something that needs to continue to be looked into and expanded. And that goes into many other aspects that I've found through my years of work in the government. I've found there's a lot of broken policies and procedures in all the different steps of recovery. Um, and it would be nice to see that individuals with a head injury aren't treated the same as if you have a broken arm or a broken back. And one of the parts of our journey was that I had to apply for CPP disability with the federal government. And again, that was something I had to lean on EMI for because everyone says, I understand how a concussion is difficult. I understand, I understand. But here's a 55 page application yeah. for you to fill in, right? Um, which I needed Amy to ask me the questions because I couldn't read them. She recorded them because I couldn't read, think, and write them down. And then she had to handle it all. So there's just a lot of broken parts that I think we can improve. And I feel my experience going through this has helped identify those. And I'm going to help, I'm, I'm feeling guided to help bring light to it. Good, great. Um, I still just want to ask you, the communication you were saying, as you said before, I said communication, you know, it's identical twins. Did you, did you feel those like when you were obviously when you were you experienced each other's pain? That's a different thing altogether. But I mean, you could, could you, could you tell, could you, Amy, could you tell that uh, she, she wasn't thinking the same way, working the same way, acting the same way? Is like, could you feel it? More, I don't know, more of you don't know, different, but like, <laughs> could, you, could you feel that it was, there was something, the way she was conducting herself was a word of the term was different than before? Yeah. Yes, um, there was like the behavior change and the emotional change with it, because before she was independent and she, I would rely on her to take care of all the details of things and for a lot of the planning and dealing with like if we're going to go on a trip dealing with the phone calls to the airlines and booking the tickets and sorting up the house and dog care and like all of that right and packing up everything yeah. that needs to go and then all of a sudden it was trying to do jenga and she doesn't even know how to start and then um not having the capacity to have the ability to actually speak on the phone even just general conversations with family and friends, people would message her. How are you? How are you? What's going on? What's new? What, how's your head? Oh, okay. Yeah. But they're not listening and hearing, actually getting it. But then she was also overwhelmed because all of a sudden everyone cares for her and wants to know, but she can't answer because it overwhelms. And so she, the first, well, for the first year, she would just shut down. And so I would hop in or message people to let them know, where she's at and how things are going or no she's not back at work yet this is where we're at and sometimes even being like i need yeah some yeah and sometimes um like i need you to stop yeah because i know it's coming from a loving place but i need you to stop because it's affecting her um and being twins on top of being empaths like me and her both big impasse we feel for everyone in the world and worried yeah. about everyone's feelings but it's like a thousand times worse so just the daily struggles of watching her trying to make 
a simple breakfast, right? Something else you take take people take advantage of is trying watching her try to get out all the ingredients and make herself something to eat, and then forgetting this or forgetting that or forgetting she's making breakfast. And next thing you know, she's <laughs> off organizing her closet or you know, trying to play with the dog out back. And meanwhile, she got something half cooked on the stove yeah. and being like, yeah. okay, no, I think you need to come back and eat. So um, she was never that squirrely. Um, so all of a sudden trying to like rein her in and keep her focused was a big thing on one end. So the doctor, for example, the first while, Dr. Badur, because we're twins, we're able to finish each other's sentences and yeah. we're kind of in each other's heads. Yeah. Um, and when we were kids, that used to be an issue. Apparently, where our older sister used to talk for us because we would just jibber jabber, and my older sister would know what we were talking about. And so it got to a point where Allison had to learn to not do that, so that me and Ashley could become independent people and learn how to properly speak yeah. for ourselves as little kids. Well, all of a sudden, her one doctor's appointment is happening, and Doctor Berder pointed out, "Well, you guys are doing that again. Amy can't keep finishing your sentences and." Like before she would even ask for something, I'd know what she wanted and I'd go get it for her. And so my actions thinking I'm being helpful, I found out that it was actually harming her and her development. So even though she's pausing or freezing, I need to let that process happen because her brain needs to start getting those connections going again and finishing that thought. And by me thinking I'm helping by jumping in, it's more detriment. So that became something I need to learn to stop doing as well is try to give her time to process and get to the finished end. Oh. Um, so that was tough. No matter yeah. how long and slow it took. Oh my God. Patience is a big yeah. thing that people need. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Sasha, I was going to ask you that, that actually kind of was a good segue, but communication, have you noticed that like, as you actually was saying, it's been almost be this November, November it'll be four years be doing their fourth year so has you know have you noticed that your communication is maybe has has improved to 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 reach an area where you're more comfortable with the all finishing the finishing finishing each other's senses or going back to more your normal activities of communication mm -hmm. notice that's changed in the past three almost four years now um now I feel like now that we're going into the third year um, and her cognitive work's been getting better, she can do more of her daily, everyday tasks, which has been great to see. She's able to do more, more than just one task a day, which is great. Um, so I think our conversation is starting to slip back into old patterns where we're starting to be able to know what we're talking about. Um, and I'm starting to jump in now and then to help but I don't have that urgency to be focused and watching her all the time and making sure that she has what she needs because I flipped to being almost too helpful um so now I, I'm not as worried about if I don't hear or see her for I don't I'm not worried that she's standing out in the garden for an hour yeah. like stuck so that's been a nice change yeah but there's still times where we do still have issues like she said before pre-injury we were already in each other's heads, so it would just take a look or a movement or maybe a starting of a word, and I would know what she was going to say because we were used to, to say the same thing, maybe different words, but the purpose and the meaning behind it was the exact same all our lives. 
and all of a sudden um she still needs to paint the picture for me so that I can clue in um most days I'm there with her on the same wavelength but there is times where she'll just start talking halfway through the conversation and I wasn't there for the first part because I'm not on that wavelength so there has been some of those changes but it's been nice to see that I'm at least getting there again if she it's does still if taking she does time. Have sense, like midway through a sentence or a thought do you find yourself getting back to that where you can realize where she's the wavelength she's on I can as soon as she loops me into how the conversation or thought began I'm usually right back there with her there's still times when there's hiccups and I'm lost I also find that I can just my word recalls a lot better and I'm able to say what I'm thinking but when I do get stuck I'm comfortable with looking at her and she can give me the word I'm looking for or she'll just say yes I understand and she'll go on to her side of the conversation and we just move forward with it Okay. But then, actually, we have apparently less than a minute left in this call. Apparently, yeah. So uh, I better just thank you both for uh, for being here. If I lose you all together, but uh, thank you both, and Aaron, thank you for you know being around. Yeah. <laughs> Go co-hosting this, and although you didn't get a chance to say much, but I got to upgrade this uh, my Zoom. Although mm -hmm. I did record successfully today, so that's a plus. That um, is a plus. But although uh, I'm going to lose you guys soon, but thank you both, Amy and Ashley, for, for joining me and uh, letting us all in this. I think it's hard to really know because it's normal for you and it's not normal for us to explain a bit, which is what I was so interested in. Interested in. But again, I'm not obliged now that it's hard to communicate that, but still, it's definitely a different experience. It's definitely good to have a caregiver slash sister slash twin. Like, so it's great to have this sort of uh, angle up to it all. And uh, you can feel each other's, how uh, each other are going through a bit more than most people. So that's just been mm -hmm. great to hear. Well, my Zoom has been upgraded and I just want to thank Ashley and Amy again for uh, joining me on that, what ended up being a pretty disjointed call, but uh, hopefully everyone took something away from that. And uh, I hope you join me again. Thank you. Music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound, www.bensound.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.